Hello and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me as always is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? Well, I went for a hike yesterday with a friend of mine and now today I woke up sick with a fever and being my petty self i totally blame the exercise so catch me trying to be healthy ever again because it just makes me sick well the well our our current president it's very possible when this comes out he may not be our current president but at least in this time stream our current president believes that uh the human body is a battery and that exercise drains your battery and shortens your lifespan so if you follow the Trump advice, don't strain your battery. Just watch Netflix and play video games. Mm. I'm so confused by that logic, <laughs> but crazy. I mean, he runs the free. Uh, yeah. All right, and we also have Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? Um, <laughs> besides having gotten back home from work like 30 minutes ago, um, I am just eternally confused by that comment because it's like, <laughs> what led you? to this conclusion i need to know like i well yeah. actually i don't know if i need to know because i feel if i tried to follow that train of logic i would get very confused myself and just be like i'm done for the day and go take a nap <laughs> yeah i think we should try not to just jump into that man's brain yeah <laughs> instead we'll jump into the brain of star trek writers because this week we are talking about season four episode 21 and episode 22 which is the muse and for the cause so first up is the muse we begin this episode with jake watching people entering the station looking for stories to write about where he spies a mysterious woman meanwhile odo walks into his office to discover loxana troy is in there and that she is pregnant and that the prom is tomorrow loxana <laughs> reveals that her child is male and in her husband's culture male children are raised by the male spouse with no contact with any females, including the mother, until the age of 16. She has come to Odo for help, though Odo seems reluctant. Jake meets the woman, Onaya, he spied, who reveals she is something of an artist groupie, and new-famed Cardassian architect Tavor Kell, who is considered a genius but died very young. She tells Jake to come to her quarters as she claims she has a gift for unlocking potential in great artists, and Jake reluctantly agrees. In her quarters, Onaya has Jake write on paper, and uses some kind of science sex magic to unlock his creativity, which causes Jake to write at a fevered pace that exhausts him, but he flows with creativity. While Odo tries to lift Loxana's spirits as she spends the night platonically with him and plays hide-and-seek with Odo's shape-shifting. However, their fun is soured when Loxana's husband, Jael, arrives. Odo, however, devises a plan. Jael is a Tivanian, and in their culture the child is the right of the mother's husband, not the biological father. So Odo proposes to have a sham marriage with Loxana so her baby will belong to her and not Jael. However, the marriage has to seem real, so Odo and Loxana must pretend for Jael for him to approve. In Tevanian culture, anyone could challenge a marriage during the ceremony if it does not seem to be true love. At first, during the wedding, Jael does not find Odo's vows convincing, but Odo begins to speak honestly about he appreciates Loxana's devotion to him, and Jael approves the marriage. Meanwhile, Jake continues to write at the point of collapsing, and finally, Onaya lets him go. 
However, Jake collapses and is taken to the infirmary, where Bashir discovers his cerebral cortex has been stimulated to the point of near death. In his days, Jake mentions Onaya and Ben tries to find her. However, Onaya breaks into the infirmary and takes Jake into the Jeffrey's tubes. She is eking out the last of Jake's creativity when Ben arrives. Onaya reveals she is an entity that feeds off creativity. She explains she unlocks incredible potential in people, but at the cost of them dying young. Sisko tries to kill her with a phaser, but she leaves unharmed, and Jake is freed of her control. Odo and Loxana say goodbye to each other. Odo offers to help raise the child, but Loxana notes that Odo cares for her in a friendly way, and a real romantic relationship would not work. And with that, she leaves. Having recovered, Jake shows Ben the book he's been writing, Anselm. Ben notes that it is an excellent start to a novel, but Jake is despondent that it was Onaya and not him who wrote it. Ben notes that it was, in fact, Jake's words, but he will just have to discover the rest of them on his own time, like a real writer. What do we think of the muse? I'm really glad that people still know how to write things by hand in the 24th century. I had honestly kind of assumed that they'd just given up this skill. Mm. And in cursive with, like, yes. with, with, with the, um, what, what's, what's the name of the pen that he was writing with? Calligraphy? Calligraphy pen. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know why, I don't know why that word escaped me. But yeah, with the calligraphy pen, no less, in cursive. And I was just like, you know what? Approved. I'm down, mm -hmm. I'm down for this. It's nice to have some actual... Uh... Yeah, you're right. I'm mean, surprised someone is, like Jake's age knows how to write, but maybe that's part of the whole creative muse magic spell stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would. I would also. I would also. I would also venture to guess that the part that part of it has to do with his upbringing, with 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 his dad and his and his, and his granddad, like 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 always going back to New Orleans and like just like just how like even with his grand even with his grandfather's restaurant just how hands-on he was with everything like where his grandfather's philosophy was yes we have a replicator but there is nothing that will ever be like an actual cooked meal yeah and so and so i'm pretty sure i'm so i'm pretty sure that, that at least some part of jake he took that philosophy to his writing where it's like where it's like i want to put i want to literally take pen to paper and write this out which they note that he has bad spelling, which I thought was nice because well, you can imagine spell correct is so good in the future that you just spell something and autocorrects, you know, perfectly for you. Because mm -hmm. I know my spelling is fucking terrible. <laughs> I rely I entirely on... It's like off the rails. <laughs> Often Sarah will look at uh, my rundown and start spell correcting for me. Yeah. <laughs> the red lines irritate her to her they core. Do. But, uh... My reaction to this episode was I sent out that famous Futurama clip of I have no feelings one way or the other. Uh, so I am yeah, curious sending that. how you guys felt about this episode because I was pretty eh about the whole thing. <coughs> yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, there were several moments where I was like, oh, this is so cute. Oh, my gosh. Or whatever. You know, Odo, you know, being protective of Loxana and like playing hide and seek with her these are just the cutest things but yeah, you know in terms of plot as a whole for the episode it was just kind of meh how about you peter yeah i i, I would i would agree like I, there was just a lot that happened and the, there, was, there was a lot that happened in, in the muse that you could kind of see coming like, like you can't you could more or less guess like maybe after 15 ish 15 maybe 20 minutes okay here here's here are the rest of here are going to be the rest of the beats of this episode 
this like um, like um, with 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 a uh, with with with, with, with Anaya, she's gonna like draw out everything for him. When when you, when you see the note when you see the nosebleed, it's like he's probably gonna die from this. Why are we bringing up Tavorkel? We brought we brought, we brought him up like three times. He's <laughs> probably dead. Um, when 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 Odo when Odo like starts when Odo starts talking about his devotion about 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 how much he loves Loxana's devotion to him, it's like are we talk, are we talking about Loxana or are we talking about Kira? And it's like you just kind of see where it's going, and and yeah. so because of that, it was like meh and semi boring to me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Totally. The one thing I'll say about the week episodes, particularly post season one is that all of them at least seem to have a kernel of interest in them to me. There's an interesting right. premise. Like like I wasn't a huge fan of the episode where um, Dax fell in love with a guy who was on a different planet. But that's a good idea. Like, what do you happen if you mm-hmm. fell in love with a guy who can only exist for three days, you know? Um, and this is another kernel of idea, which is I thought interesting, which is like, what if people like John Keats and Jimi Hendrix, these people who live fast, die young, and create incredible works that are better than people who've lived you know decades and decades longer than them what if there was some entity that was the reason for that you know and you could believe on creativity succubus right that onaya was a a creativity succubus who met john keats and and other creatures throughout the universe and given these brilliant bursts of creativity and then that's why they're never uh they die so young but and like you said peter i think it was as soon as you know that it's coming there's no twist there's no turn there's no revelation there's no real reason why she leaves it's all just sort of okay um even the end i didn't feel like i had an interesting message which is like well you got to get there without shortcuts but like there's no like relatable thing in the real world that's like you can't use a creativity succubus like well (laughs) those don't exist so good yeah (laughs) and also like the episode was called the muse and indeed that the that as an episode concept is a very interesting idea, but I almost felt the episode was more about Odo and Loxana and the fake marriage and yeah. stuff. It and had a lot it more really plot like, to it than, yes. than, this, than the Muse part did. Yeah, it really seemed like those two should have just been entirely separate episodes. Like this, there, There's often an A plot and a B plot in an episode, but they kind of tie together at the end right. a little bit, and this just didn't at all right whereas the nothing to do with each other that well for the cause has a b plot i i actually put it in the middle as just a b plot because it's just a few scenes here or there it really does feel more like a classic star trek like we're doing all this but here's a little bit of a garrick storyline um where you're right this one did feel like two a plots just kind of that were too short to be their own episodes, so they kind of just mm-hmm. smoosh them together. They were running parallel, but they were like running parallel all, all the way over in left field, and you're just like, is anyone paying attention to that side to that side of the field? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is uh this is our lax Luxana Troy episode. Aww. So I'm curious, Sarah. That's a big Luxana Troy. How you feel about that? I didn't realize this was her last episode with us. That Same. makes me sad. It's her last episode of Star Trek ever, actually. Yeah, this is the the Aww. final one. What a shame that it had to be such a weak one for her to go out on. I know. Yeah. Oh my god, that's what makes this most disappointing. <laughs> right? It's like the Q episode being the only Q episode on Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That could have gone so many places because because we, because we could have had we could have had a, a Q a Q episode where it was like. 
him versus like him versus um like him versus the prof the prophets in the wormhole and that would have been oh, like, wow. an interesting go round but it's like like I can I can you can you imagine like Q a Q going into the wormhole with Cisco and then, and then talking to the prophets and all of the mess that that would have created or he's trying to do magic like, and they're trying to do magic and they're like he's like why do they talk so weird who are these people like that would have been like a really freaky trippy like two maybe three but three would have been pushing it two part a two part like like story arc that would yeah. be so cool no i agree and this is a bummer that it's our our last loxana troy episode though magical barrett of course is the voice of the computer and will forever be uh, in star trek which is uh excellent um mm. but yeah it's a bummer that this is how we go on because it's not I, i'm glad it at least seemed like a decent conclusion to the odo loxana troy narrative even though once again odo is just like forever alone yeah i was gonna say that (laughs) so maybe there'll be a a third (laughs) character we can join to yeah yeah luxana basically left she was like we're friends but even i realize that this will never work and i'm gonna be the one to back out dude sorry right (laughs) which i thought was a very adult sort of response which i liked oh yeah very adult oh yeah Uh, i felt their stuff helped this episode a little bit more though even that was like i said that the whole wedding and the whole pregnancy thing it felt very soap opera-y but uh mm. at the very least i thought their reaction was very interesting and and i like the end felt a very adult response which i hadn't seen before which is like you just want to help me because you like helping people and you mm-hmm. you don't love me you love trying to help me which i think is a very unique interesting kind of relationship and i'm like that she was smart enough yeah. to understand that you want someone to take care of i wrote that down in my notes yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. i get that it's true. I think there's, you know, I think I've been in relationships like that before where you're like, I'm just in this to make you better. <laughs> like, as I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah. And as, I like that they had a really nice sort of end to it. So at the very least on that, I'm not as disappointed, even though the episode was kind of weak. Yeah. I, 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 actually, actually um, y'all making that comment remind, reminds me of, I think, Ben, you sent a video, you sent a video to the two of us, like, a month or two ago, um, where where, where, the, where this um, this this woman was like, was, this woman was like, okay, top ten animated guys that women, the top ten like animated guys that women find hot, and, <laughs> and and how and she was talking about how like how how this like the central thing for 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 why women found these animated men hot is because they basically saw a problem child and they wanted to help them and right. take care of them, make them better. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, that's that's kind of how Odo functions, just like with how, with how he wants to help people like do better. Right, yeah. and that's also Loxana's trouble too. Is that she often says she said in one episode that she falls in love with men who don't fall in love with her. See Picard, um, and other yeah. people along the way. Just a quick note that Jay All is uh, Michael and Sarah who voiced Mister Freeze on uh, the Batman the Animated Series, which I thought was nice. serious. Yeah. Which is, oh my god right? childhood strikes again when i when i <laughs> when i heard that voice i was like i know that voice and then i heard him give one of my favorite lines in that show which is i would i would shed tears if i had any tears left to shed <laughs> which is like my That's favorite awesome comic book villain line i've ever heard so is there much else to say for this episode mm-hmm. i feel like we're all pretty eh on it yeah, no, just that's it for me. <laughs> yeah, about the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Woo! Meh episodes. 
<laughs> so exciting. <laughs> All right. Next up is for the cause. In this episode, we begin with Michael Eddington briefing the senior staff about an upcoming shipment of industrial-sized replicators that are going to Cardassia to help them rebuild their fractured economy. Starfleet is concerned, however, as the shipment will pass through the demilitarized zone, and the Maquis there have become more powerful as the Cardassians have been stretched too thin by the Klingon War to fight them. After the briefing, Eddington and Odo pull Sisko aside to share some troubling news. They suspect that Cassidy Yates may well be a Maquis smuggler. Sisko is suspicious of their claims, but they note Cassidy's log do not match her travel times, and that a suspected Maquis mole has apparently been stationed on the ship at the same time as she arrived. Sisko agrees to have security sweep Cassidy's ship under the guise of a possible viral outbreak, but Cassidy refuses and uses Ben to get off the station without the inspection, under the guise of not wanting to miss an important rendezvous. Sisko, still suspicious, has Worf follow her in the Defiant under Cloak, and they discover indeed that Cassidy is smuggling supplies to the Maquis. They note that the supplies were organic, which likely means Cassidy is smuggling food and medicine, but this does not ease Sisko's anger. Cassidy is scheduled to have another Maquis meeting soon, and Eddington urges Sisko to have her ship be followed, as it's likely the last time for a while they can catch her and the Maquis. Sisko agrees, but Eddington asks to be left in charge of the station while Sisko goes on the Defiant, as he is worried about the safety of the replicators. Ben tries one last time to keep Cassidy aboard the station and away from the Maquis, but she leaves anyways. At the rendezvous, the Maquis ship is nowhere to be seen, and the Defiant and Cassidy's ship wait there for hours. Eventually, Odo notes that it doesn't match standard terrorist activity, as Cassidy's ship should have left hours ago. That means the items on board Cassidy's ship are extremely valuable, but the ultimate goal wasn't the item themselves. They realize the real target must be the replicators on DS9. The Defiant reveals itself to Cassidy and goes back to DS9, as Sisko notes he'll probably never see her again. On the station, Eddington takes command and shockingly knocks out Kira with a phaser blast. Eddington steals the replicators and departs, with the crew unable to track him. Eddington contacts Sisko and reveals he was the Maquis Mole all along, and asks Sisto to leave him and the Maquis alone. However, Sisko tells Eddington that he will hunt him to the end of the universe if he has to. To his surprise, Cassidy shows up on DS9 alone, willing to take the fall for her crew. She tells Ben she hopes he can forgive him. They embrace, and Sisko has Cassidy taken away by security. On the B-plot, Garrick is taking an interest in Zial, who he wants to start a romantic relationship with. However, Garrick is worried that Zial is interested in Garrick only to kill him, as Garrick killed Dukat's father when Garrick was in the Obsidian Order. Garrick tries to convince Kira to let him get close to Zial, but Kira responds with the usual Kira levels of violence. Eventually, Garrick decides to take the risk and invite Zial to a hollow suite. In there, Zial reveals she doesn't want to kill Garrick, or to love him. She simply wants to learn more about Cardassia as she has been away so long. Garrick, relieved, agrees to teach her, and they begin to talk. What do we think of For the Cause? One quick thing to correct you on. Zial actually invited Garrick oh, to the right. Hall of Sweets. Oh, yeah. 
Which, now I see why you asked the other day how old we all thought Zial was. Because yes. I'm like, Garrick is way too old for her. This is creepy. He's like her dad's that age. was what I was wondering. okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, everything makes sense now. Because I wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one who read her as a teenager, which I did. Yeah. Maybe, maybe early 20s at the oldest. That's my son. But yeah. he is definitely her, at least her father's age. Yeah. I, I think it's clear that she's not it's not a pedophilic thing it's just creepy mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's definitely too big of an age gap for me to find comfortable it's yeah. like it's like whenever you see hugh hefner with the woman who's like 20 like 21 you're just like oh my god yeah mm-hmm. well especially because you can clearly tell andrew robinson is in his 40s late 30s early 40s when he's filming this show i feel like and mm-hmm. right the woman who's playing Zial is probably in her early 20s it's just I want to tell y'all something really weird that I realized the other day. I was watching uh, The Parent Trap, like the newer one oh, with yeah. sweet, innocent Lindsay Lohan before that was a thing. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, the the evil potential stepmother who comes in, you know, baby Lindsay Lohan asks, how old are you? And I don't know if the character is lying or what, but the character says, I'm 26, and I'm just sitting there like, no, 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 no I'm 26. What do? You, why? Who thought this was okay? Oh my no. god. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, just that's, in, in the that's vein. Like, that's, of... like, that's like legally blonde when the truth finally comes out. She was my age, and it's like, oh, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm not alone in that one because. I really was not a fan of the Garrick's Y'all thing. If it keeps going, hopefully there's some more to it because I find it mostly creepy and half a bit of a... Um, there's a great review of Star Trek 09 I recommend from a character called Mr. Plinkett. And he has a good bit about the um, uh, Spock Uhura love storyline, which mm-hmm. he calls Who's Got a Case of the Not Gays? Which is basically uh, a case of the not gays, according to him, is when you are worried that you're going to think a character is gay. So you just give him a a heterosexual romance to make people stop worrying about it. You know what I mean? So basically when Marvel Marvel had 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 Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, like semi randomly just make like just start making out with Agent 17. Is it 13 or 17? Whatever. The woman in in Captain America Civil War. (laughs) Which I also found creepy because he made out with their grandma. And that's weird. Right. And like it just happens. And it's like and I'm literally sitting and like I'm literally sitting there in the theater and everyone and like half the room was like ooh but then like maybe a third of the room was like what and then the rest and then the rest of us which i'm pretty sure we're like we're all we're all either like gay men or just like wanted him and bucky to happen we're all just like this makes no sense <laughs> really there was doesn't. no pretense you to remember this. that scene where they're in no the elevator up. it's like you're just waiting for one of them to like put oh their arms God. around each other like it's crazy it's like the most sexually tense thing i've ever seen <laughs> right like, it, like you just want to take them just be like kiss just just do it like you want to look at bucky and be like you do realize that you are steve's damsel in distress right yeah, he seriously. lives to save you you are you are the princess in the castle he finally has you from the dragon just love him right exactly uh and so i i'm not convinced that so far it's not a case of the not gay situation with uh with garrick with because clearly he loves uh bashir 
That Obviously. is his true heart. Oh and like <laughs> it just feels so random for him to be like, another Cardassian who's a female. I great. <laughs> you know, I just don't buy it so far. Yeah, Zial yeah. is basically Zial is the Batgirl to is, is Batgirl to to get to Garrick and Bashir, right. Batman and Robin. Right, it's getting too weird here. <laughs> Put them in the same room. Yep, we need a woman. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the mm-hmm. uh, yes the A plot. What do you think of uh, the overall story in this episode with the twists and turns, reveals and betrayals? Mm-hmm. I uh, I really did not see it coming that Eddington Same. was going to be in the Maquis. I knew yeah. he was a dick, but I thought he was going to be a Starfleet stooge, not a... Exactly. Yeah, I, I thought he was just a dick because that was just his personality because he was like, I am all about Starfleet all the time. I'm sorry, guys, but I just, I really, I really <laughs> I, like love the rule book. I, I totally thought he was going to be a robot or something because in this episode it's particularly... <laughs> They were like, they were like, what do you think of the Maquis? And he's like, I have no opinion, and I am a robot tonight. And I was like, oh, you're just a bad liar. That's what that was. <laughs> Whereas Worf was like, I will kill them all. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> One day we'll get... They are terrorists. They have no honor. They have no honor. <laughs> so far in our shot of no honor for characters, we have Maquis. Uh, I think Gowron yeah. has no honor. I think we'll, we'll add some more no honors for the show. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need to do. Make a list. Who has who has Worf said has <laughs> has no honor gonna, so far? We're gonna throw a party time. when we get to the Dominion has no honor episode. It's gonna be. <laughs> I'm yes. waiting for it so hard. Yes. <laughs> or what's uh, what's the um, who are the the Dominion soldiers? What Jim Hadar. A uh, Jim Hadar. Yes. Yeah. I think oh, it's gonna be about them, the Jim Hadar. Right. Oh, honor. They'll be like, they'll be like, that was a bold move, and they're like, they're not bold. They have no honor. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I was surprised mm-hmm. Michael Eddington was uh, the Maki Stooge all along. Yeah. That was a nice twist. I'll have to go back mm-hmm. and see. His face just pops up, and you're just like, what? And it's a good way to bring the Maki back. They've been kind of absent, but it was an interesting idea to be like, well, they've actually been getting stronger because of the whole Cardassian Civil War. Uh, right. thing, yeah. which I thought was a a nice little twist that like, oh, that's an interesting way to reasonable reasonable response to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you use use this use the civil war of, of a group of people that you hate to your advantage. I mean, like honestly, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And we also got Cassidy Yates' betrayal. Mm-hmm. That was heartbreaking. Yes, it was. It was like uh, just it was so uncomfortable and like in like a very like like oh no why kind of way yes their their last bit was beautiful i always Mm -hmm. love a good uh i love you i know go off into jail (laughs) you know the empire strikes back style this is different uh setup of course but yeah Mm -hmm. i liked it i don't know if they did a good job explaining why she was helping the maquis i know she was like they didn't saying it was only medicine which is interesting but i I don't think they really set that up with their character, but I like the conclusion at least. Yeah. I will agree. It was also hard to see Cisco be so heartbroken. It was so I sad. Know. When he yelled at Dax, I, I was like, no. No. Yeah, I, before 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 it was revealed that that Cassidy was that Cassidy was like actually working with Maquis, I, I wrote I wrote in my I wrote my notes. Second time, second time he is foregoing proper second, uh, first question mark time he is foregoing proper judgment for the sake of his relationship, uh, in, in reference to, in reference to it to his dad in Paradise Lost. 
Oh, yeah, it's true. Because, because it's like in that episode, he's like, is my dad a changeling? I don't know. And his dad is like, what the hell is wrong with you? And then this, and but this time he's like, please don't, please don't, please don't. And, and, and they're all looking at him like, you're going to let us inspect the ship, right? Yeah. And he's like, when do you get back? Okay. Yeah. It's like, mm. no, it's like, no, dude, 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 no. You make a good point there, Peter, that I wondered, yeah, if Cisco's uh hesitance is is brought on by the what happened with his dad uh during paradise lost mm. and maybe he is concerned that you know doesn't want paranoia to hurt any of his relationships if he's wrong in the future and maybe he is more sort of cautious about these things because of what happened there yeah I'm, i mean like i, I kind of I relate to that because because it's like it's like me in certain situations with, with 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 one of my groups of friends where like where they're just a lot of times where i know I ain't gonna say shit, even even even, the, even though I know stuff on both sides, or I or I have my own opinion which will cut deep into someone because it's like I don't want to burn bridges, I don't want to put up any walls, I don't want I don't want anyone to be mad. But at the same time, you get to that point where you realize, okay, no, something needs to be done because this is getting way too heavy. What um what sport was it that Kira was playing where she was wearing that uniform because that was that was a nice uniform. <laughs> Space racquetball. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Are we are we saying it's a nice yeah. uniform? A nice uniform. A nice. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird sports in this. Space racquetball. There's this seemed to be space racquetball with like full body tackling. Yeah. It's yeah. like space highlight or something like that. It was space lacrosse. <laughs> space lacrosse. <laughs> space cross. Space cross. Know. Yet baseball doesn't survive. It's so weird. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think they pretty much just called it spring ball. Spring ball. Yeah. <laughs> spring. Yes. Yeah. Of of all things, they could call this. It's a Bajoran game called spring ball, and you're like. Oh, and let me I, guess I, it's I, one I, of those ones where it's only on this episode and never in any other episodes probably um, maybe possibly yeah no I, I, actually 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 wait actually wait no based on based on like on past episodes that we've seen i i think i think we have seen other at least at least one other episode where, where where it's been where it's been played, but but where it's been played, I, but I think it was that episode between. Um, oh, is that Bashir O'Brien one or Brian kept yeah, winning? Yeah, yeah, of... yeah, Bashir, yeah, Bashir O'Brien. I just I, I just don't think it was like in the I guess you could say arena court. No, court would be a better word. The court that we saw in this episode. Gotcha. That's my guess. Oh, Star Trek space space sports. Space sports. Space. <laughs> you gotta do something on space, you know. You gotta have time somehow. It's either that or play that game that uh, is addicting and br- eats your brain away from TNG. Which huh. I'm still yes, to this day with the little the rings, loopy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm I'm amazed that TNG predicted mindless addicting apps. <laughs> in years yep. in the future they sure yep. did yep, yep, it's yep, like yep. Ah, that's that's candy crush well done well done Star <laughs> Trek. candy crush that farm game uh what else uh really any tap tap game like any sort of like you know Simpsons oh yeah tap tap or something like that you know i want to let's make our own geek space nine tap tap game and make it a shallow 
as possible and just be like you <laughs> to unlock sarah's new costume you need nine gems which is four million dollars <laughs> or you can buy nine gems for eight hundred dollars <laughs> If you are a programmer and you're listening to this episode and you specialize in making games that are apps on phones or phones and or tablets, get in touch with us because we would love to work with you. I would love reality. to sell out for a terrible, terrible app. But by the way, my still my favorite app of all time is the Jeremy Renner app, which I still have on my phone. It's the worst. Wait, app. it's the what? Jeremy Renner app. It's terrible. Oh my god! I, I remember when you sent that to us, and I had it for like five minutes. And like, and like the best part, and like the best part of that was 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 the fact that like when you open it, it's just Jeremy Renner's face, and I was just like, oh. But then five seconds later, it was gone. I was just like, damn it, bring it back. It was Jeremy Renner's face and him singing "House of the Rising Sun" in a terrible cover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the greatest app ever made. Uh, it's it was, it was a beautiful five minutes, but I was like, I, but I was like, Ben, I don't, I'm sorry, I, dude, I, I gotta delete this off my phone. <laughs> No, it's fine, and it's great because it's just called Jeremy Renner, so it's really funny where you're like installing Jeremy Renner. Do you wish to delete Jeremy Renner? And you're just like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter wasn't that bad. I don't want to delete him. <laughs> oh my god, that's right, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was a thing. Well, however you listen to this podcast, whether it's through a Podcatcher app or through the Jeremy Renner app, because I'm sure it does that too. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to our next episode, which will be on episode 23 and episode 24 of season four, which is To the Death and The Quickening, which I guess is a Highlander episode. <laughs> That's my best guess. I'm if, sorry. If, if it's just a 45 minutes of Highlander to The Quickening, that would be just wonderful because highland to the quickening still the second well the third best sequel title of all time of course number two being too fast too furious and number one being break into electric boogaloo uh, still <laughs> the greatest sequel title of all time as always i want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey our theme song is by captain meat shield you can check him out on twitter at cptn underscore meat shield we are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like this show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geek Space Nine signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Yes, it is. Okay, supernatural mm. psychological horror film directed by James Wan. Dead Silence, two thousand seven. Wow, that seems like forever ago. Oh, yeah. Ryan. Oh, Ryan Quantin, the dude, the dude, the dude from True Blood, the one who, sh- the one, who, the one, who, the, like the one, the one who was in that opening scene of the entire show. We see like just his entire ass. I'm just like, this is a, re- this is a really good show. <laughs> it's like, wow, television is amazing. This is like spot on. <laughs> amazing television quality television my friend and then and then will look to me and then will look, look to me because because um 
because it, because it was sophomore year and sophomore year and, and the, when he, when he worked in the library and and so it was like around midnight the library was closing he was like do you want to like get a dvd and like just like just watch some shit and i was like yeah sure and so we go and we find true blood season one we're like we're doing this all night we're going to get through the entire season and so then we put in the dvd and we're watching his laptop and it's like just that scene and he looks over me he was like mm? and i was like no this is amazing i, I love this so much Also, I'm just gonna say, Ben, I was recording that entire bit. So if you want to put any of this in like bloopers or like or like like post episode being over, you have my permission. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the most alarming burp ever. <laughs> I wasn't ready. 